This is the Great Escape Podcast, Episode 9. We are going for liftoff in T minus 30. All systems are And today I'm talking to Michael Cordova, Managing Director of the Floating Point Centre, a flotation centre in uh, near Reading in the United Kingdom. And we'll find out all about what floating actually is, because that's probably going to be the first question I'll ask. Michael and I met... Uh, in I think about 2014 just as he was beginning the process of thinking how to leave his corporate life and go floating. Michael welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on Stuart. You're very welcome. Okay we'll answer the question tell us what floating is. Well floating is uh, is a way to achieve a deep state of meditation. Um, It's a good way to de-stress and relax uh, for those of you, for many of those, I guess that haven't seen a float tank or float pod before, they're they're getting um, there's more and more of them appearing all over all over the world. But essentially, they're a giant pod. They're about the same size as a family car, so about seven foot long by about six foot wide, filled with about half a ton of Epsom salt and about a thousand liters of water that is heated to skin temperature. So essentially, there'll be a point where they won't necessarily feel like there's water around them, so they're completely supported. Uh, gives them a physical break. Uh, they can have music at the beginning end of a session or they can have music throughout. Lights on, lights off. Uh, the idea is to uh, isolate the senses um, and to reduce the amount of se- um, kind of sensory input. So you can't obviously get rid of it completely, but uh, that then helps them, they let everything just to slow right down. So people get into states where they kind of miss a big chunk of the session. So they'll yeah they'll just completely zone out it's a good way to take a break from our like busy lives and people use it for various different things from chronic pain issues to uh we have a lot of corporate people that come in and use it for for to just to have a, a greater focus and increase their creativity for any problems or uh projects they may be working on all the way through to the the, the team gb athletes and the like the rowers for example that we're partners with but yeah covers quite a wide variety. Essentially, it's a tool to help optimize performance um, and just well-being. Excellent. And I know the couple of times I've tried it, it's been lights out, silence, and just into the zone. Mm -hmm. We met as you were beginning your process. What were you doing before you decided that something had to change? Well, I mean, it's interesting. My and throughout my kind of career, I guess, in terms of life-wise, I've worked in various, many different sort of kind of roles. So everything from hospitality uh, through to, to music, through to the corporate mark, like marketing. Um, and I ended up, well, I, and finally education. Uh, so I was previously working at a, another college within Reading in the UK. Uh, and I was in charge of like the higher education area in terms of managing students applications and doing the kind of part admin side and part of the processing side of things and then I felt that my time there had uh, sort of come to an end and I saw an opportunity at Reading University which I then applied for and then got positioned there Uh, so I thought I'd carry over all my skills and apply that and have a a better position which I did but at the time as well there were a lot of other things that were slightly different and I felt that my position had in some ways gone backwards because essentially even though I had all the skills I was still starting at the bottom uh, and and then once I was there over a short period of time I, I, I was I started to I guess like a lot of people in, in certain jobs they're not it, it becomes a bit repetitive I, I didn't feel like I was going kind of anywhere and I was just 
upon reflection, there was a specific sort of pattern uh, that I was kind of repeating basically um and i'd be staying in jobs for uh maybe a year yeah maybe a year and a half like two years maximum i think the reading uni was probably the longest one i had and it just i I think i was one of those people that constantly likes to learn new things and wants to change and develop and progress but i never felt that i had the opportunity to do that while i was there i mean previously like a number of years before i think in 2011 we that's when me and my wife uh tina we both decided to float and we started floating in london when we were working in education um and it was always something that in the back of my head thinking okay well i know one day i want to do something and i've kind of always known deep down that you know but that i've always wanted to run have my own business or be in charge of you know my own sort of destiny and uh my life so to speak um but i don't I think over that time, I just didn't have the confidence, but uh, doing all the different jobs I've done and working of so many different areas and dealing with so many different people from like, from all, all over the place has given me the, the kind of the skills that has allowed me to develop and become a, a successful, a successful business and make that, that transition from, from sitting behind a desk, working in, um, you know, working in kind of in the more administrative role to then being a, a company director and giving TEDx talks and, I'm not going to blow my own trumpet, so to speak, but I'm quite, um, quite sort of a pivotal, I guess, kind of person within the float industry within in, in the UK at the moment. So, but it, it's just always been about forward thinking and trying to push things forward. Um, and I think in some sometimes in certain roles, it's not necessarily the job itself that holds people back. It's the relationships with you know with bosses and with your colleagues that can sometimes can be the the, the biggest issue and the, and cause the biggest amount of stress for people in life and it's just going through that having go through that planning process and obviously meeting you and speaking with you uh as well uh then that sort of gave me a bit more of the the confidence to go okay you know you gave me a good contact in terms of looking at funding which took me about six months to get but without that kind of funding and um you know having that sort of belief to say yeah you know we can do this then you know, then I wouldn't obviously be doing what I'm what I'm doing now. We'll come back to the belief in a moment, but what was there that for you both? Because I know Tina was mm. heavily involved in in the decision. What was the point at which you decided life has got to change? It was because we were in a quite a big office, so there were about forty of us in the office. So there were we had other different. There was uh, we started with a group, and there was about eight of us that all joined at the same time, and a few people kind of from the group had kind of left. And I, I wouldn't say the environment was. Uh, that positive like most people got on but there was certain yeah certain relationships that weren't that positive um and in terms of okay. you know, if you see what i mean um so you know you you can get pushed to a point where you just go okay well you you kind of had enough and then because i'd gone from working in a college environment and managing most of the higher education um aspects and the pro like in terms of the programs for example and then going up to a university so essentially, and the other the other part, which I've, which is quite an important one, was that we were all on kind of fixed term contracts at the time. So I I think in my head anyway, uh, I, from when we started, we had like a two year, especially two year fixed term. So I think in my head, I, I kind of started thinking, okay, well, what what am I going to do next? Because obviously this may not be permanent. And then by the time by the time I made my decision, go okay, you know, so I'm good, I'm not getting any younger, and I thought, well. Now it's the time to, you know, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. And luckily, obviously, we had me and Tina were very good and strong together, and we, we'd saved up, um, saved up some money as well. So we we sort of came to the decision, and go, well, 
you know, this is our future. We've got to decide what we want to do with it. And then do we do we really want to continue working for somebody else? Or do we want to be able to take back that control into our own hands and, you know, do do what the things that we love and we, we're passionate about uh, and, you know, and help other people the same way it kind of helped us originally, basically. So there was a decision made. Mm. But at this point, you're still working out exactly what that's going to look like. And, and it, even then, it still probably hasn't ended up exactly how you thought it might. There's a difference between making that decision. And as you just mentioned, the word belief, mm-hmm. what was it that led you to believe that you could actually do it? Well, we had a couple of meetings with the guys at Floatworks in London. Uh, so they and they've had about they had about 20 years experience of with within the float industry anyway. So and they're sister company made the, the the pods that we have so we i mean we spoke to them we spoke to a few other centers we visited a few other different places as well so we went to uh, brighton uh, i think we went to manchester obviously we floated at floatworks we were members there for over, like a couple of years and we went to float in amsterdam so we, we floated various different places to sort of test out and see see how they all worked uh we i think the biggest thing was just to because we've been floating for a while i think we had a good sort of knowledge and understanding of how how it worked and m- most most things in terms of business wise are all uh, if you can get the systems in place uh then and you have a good understanding of your products and you have you're passionate about it, it it is possible to be successful i mean we haven't spend that much money in terms of in terms of marketing wise and what have you you know we've yeah we've grown year year on year for the last you know four years to say tomorrow's our fourth birthday but um uh but yeah it's 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 been an interesting journey i know that and yeah you know there's there's plenty more plenty more to come yeah absolutely and I suppose in there's a sense in which you had already decided what it was that needed to change you just needed to set off down that road you you'd you knew that you were interested in floating mm. and and you wanted to be running a business together rather than being employed by other people mm-hmm. uh, and obviously then the idea of running a float center between the two of you seemed like a almost a logical conclusion you think so it, it's, it's quite a crazy one because of the 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 floating was quite niche i mean when we started uh in 2015 there were probably half the amount of centers that there are now so in the last two years since we've opened there's it the amount of centers has pretty much doubled really in the uk it's still a niche it's still a very niche market the thing is i, I quite well both of us quite enjoy a challenge and it's always about learning new for me it's about learning new things and i'm you know i think because of the skills i have and having worked in kind of high-end hospitality uh working uh, in the admin side of things i did a degree in marketing and i've been like worked in work worked in marketing and um i think it's just a combination of various different things you know all the all the skills i've pulled over the years and i've worked as a dj and i've been playing in front of 500 people every week for like a year and so knowing how to interact with people and uh how to i'm i'm very one of these people looks at the very the small details so the small details uh, are probably one of the most important things for me and that that's just that that goes the same for my own personal life as well as obviously with business as well so if you can get the small little things right they obviously add up to the the big things and hence why i actually do it i don't i i I wouldn't get into the business of doing floating for making a lot of money put it that way but um i mean we're, we're you know we're doing it to obviously to help to help people and just you know try and change people's lives basically and to make just make a difference yeah on that subject though are you making enough to live yes 
Yeah, no, we did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely. Uh, I'd say we we've grown uh, significantly since we've opened. Um, I mean, once we come up to our next year five next year, we'll be in a even stronger position. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're we're doing we're doing fine at the moment, um, and obviously we've got uh, some new addition on the way in the in the in the, in the near future. Uh, so we've got all these other things to consider as well. But hence why we're both very focused on you know on the business and uh, and and just helping it to grow because obviously that that's going to provide. That's going to provide uh, our kind of uh, income and stability and hopefully set some sort of legacy for the future. Absolutely. We, you and I met as you were beginning the kind of the planning process for this. And, and you know, it's always been joy of mine to see how that has turned out into a business that's worked. How long did that planning process take? You just mentioned that you're a detail orientated person. Were you diving down into lots and lots of detail or did you start with a relatively high level plan uh I, well the whole process i guess from beginning to when we opened completely was around i say about a year and a half like two years maximum so i probably met i probably got in contact and met you probably during that first year i think because mm-hmm. i remember because obviously you were you're there as well at the university and uh yeah i i saw you dealing with entrepreneurship so i was like ah oh, maybe i should get in contact with him so that's where i thought oh, okay i'll contact you uh and i had to chase you down and like every time i went to your office you you're some you'd, you'd gone you'd like literally just left or you, you weren't there and it's like you were, you were never there so i yeah i had to hang around work till about six o'clock one evening until grab you on the way out come to the car park so it's the only way to <laughs> which, get hold which, of me which yeah which, which, is, which is probably one of the, which is probably one of the best things I've, I've i've done to be fair um i mean without oh, you. without your kind of like guidance and a bit and your support and to give me point in the right direction then um we wouldn't have got like half the half i guess say half the amount of money we would have needed to to be able to approach the bank and get the rest of them, you know, get the the rest, the full amount that we needed to to actually start the process. But in terms of detail, um, yeah, I mean, in I mean, I, I with a business plan, uh, I, I I did a lot of research and contacted a lot of other different centres. Um, and in terms of with the financials, that was a uh, I think I did like a five like a five year cash flow forecast with that as well. Um, and I was, how's that worked out? Yeah. How's it how does it compare to what I yeah um I think <laughs> um, hmm. I think it was I think it was it was more or less there I think the first you, you can kind of be a bit more I think it was slightly overconfident for the first year to be fair uh, but um and when I should have been a bit kind of pulled it back in a little bit but uh, the first i mean the first year was was hard uh, and i think by i think by year two end of year two we were more or less on track in terms of what i'd imagined or what i'd put down in our cash flow forecast obviously there's everything it all it changes and things are seasonal other things come up and other costs and da, 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 da. but it, it more or less on track in terms of what what we're making um per month it's yeah it's it's more or less what i would put it down as but yeah i'm always intrigued about people's five-year business plans because as you may remember uh me saying on some of the uh lectures you came to anything more than six months and you're actually 
crystal ball gazing. Yeah, I know, hundred percent. I mean, there's there's so many things that have just sort of come up and and little things that we didn't sort of think about, or um, like we had plumbers that flooded um, our ground floor, so we had to, you know, there's all, there's all these extra expenses and things, you know, you know, ah, oh, there's you know, with the extra extra stuff for marketing or um you know in terms of equipment and what have you so we've you know we've we tweaked stuff as we've gone along um but it's at the, at the end of the day it's it is an organic kind of kind of document and it has to sort of change and we you know we do look at it pretty regularly a good few times a year and there's other things we want to add and we're consistently looking forward and trying to progress and um yeah just do more steps of research and yeah, just continue to, you know, try to push things forward, really, to stay ahead of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the, the things that I've found really exciting about the way you guys have pushed the business forwards is you've not just focused on being a float centre, but you've gone out and built relationships with other people like the, the UK Athletics and and sort of... I suppose in some ways they are obvious groups to get in touch with, mm. but you've actually built those relationships. And to a degree, that's then driven business back to back to the business yeah you know 100 percent. i mean we've worked we've worked um pretty hard i think the, the biggest or the, the biggest thing for me is or one of the things that i i, I think is really important in and especially for any any uh business owner or uh i guess entrepreneur or anybody going to business is to is t- to look for what not necessarily identify opportunities but if opportunities present themselves it's just yeah just take them and you know you, yeah. you know it's like i got because i had some because we win the um, small business 100 last last year so i had one of my quotes put in the, the telegraph about that and it was it basically it's the same same thing it's just uh you know if you see an opportunity you can grab it with both hands take it instead of if you don't know what to do that's fine you can always learn how to do it after you after <laughs> after you've taken it <laughs> so it's kind of like yeah so, so you, you kind of have to wing it a little bit but then most of the time you can learn things once you take you know much got opportunity if, if you don't know how to do it you guarantee you'll probably know someone else that can help you to achieve that um and without these opportunities then we you know we'd never have uh grown the business basically um and it's it's a good way to be able to connect you know connect with people like the british rowing uh, aspects as well as we've had a few of the um couple of uk athletics uh and uk track and field athletes as well that have been kind of ambassadors as well but it's yeah, I mean the rowing stuff has been interesting because that that one took about a year for us to get into a position where we could get like have a contract with them. Initially, we had an opportunity that we sponsored another ice hockey to local ice hockey team, um, so we did that for a year and that that was good fun. Um, so we used to go and watch the ice hockey every Sunday for free, which was which is great. It was good for a little bit, but a bit of a punch up. But it's a very entertaining. If you ever get to go ice hockey, go. But yeah, I mean that that was our kind of that was in our first year. Uh, and we thought it'd be a good idea just as because they're a smaller smaller team to get the experience of managing and working with that as a contract kind of thing and then from then on i just keep an eye on opportunities on social media so um, in terms of like instagram or, or twitter for example that's how we got i got linked to one of the other gb rowing um alex gregory and then for alex gregory invite him to float before his pre-rio trials he had a great float session yeah and then he was hooked and then started telling all the rest of them they all started coming over and then it took like a year and then by the end of i think it was 2000 17 
uh, December. We then ended December. We signed like a, a contract, so we have an agreement. I think, as far as I'm aware, we're the only centre in the UK to have a like actual proper contracts with with Olympic athletes. So, and that's and now we're in our second year with them. So, yeah, so if you see an opportunity, grab it. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And now that you've made this change, you know, your lives are completely transformed. And we'll talk about mm. the new baby on the way in a minute, because that's just going to completely mess your life up as well. New baby on the way, notwithstanding. Would you, do you regret having made this change? No, it, it's literally like the, the, the best thing that I could have, I could have ever done, to be fair. Um, it's what it's, what it's done is not only has it um, provided me with an income, and uh, help me support other people but what it's actually done is actually helped me kind of grow uh, and develop and build confidence as a person because I was never before before the business I, I I was but there was like I did I liked I liked that confidence aspect and I think I had that for a lot big part of my life I didn't have that kind of self-belief and I used to get a lot of stress and anxiety and um yeah stuff with depression for a little while as well and um yeah i think i think meeting meeting tina and then the business aspects and having that having someone there to support you as well as having you know having giving that self-belief and thinking well actually you know i've yeah i've got all these skills i could i you know and i can do this it's going to be like a shed load of hard work and it's going to be tough and there's going to be long hours and you know there's so much stuff to learn but to be fair you know if you don't apply yourself and you don't put yourself out there and step out of your comfort zone, you're not going to learn. And by putting myself out of my comfort zone, like, <laughs> like, like with the TED, the TEDx bit, then, you know, you're not going to learn anything about your, you're not going to really learn that much about yourself um, and how far, you know, you can go and what, you know, what you need to work on basically. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. I'd, I'd do exactly the same thing. Everything I've done up to this point, I'll probably do exactly the same again. Yeah. There's always a couple of little tweaks you'd do differently, mm. but overall. Yeah, yeah more or less. <clears throat> I wouldn't say anything too major, but there's, um, yeah, there's, I mean, you know, I can look back on things and say, well, yeah, decisions are made, but I wouldn't necessarily, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily have, have made, necessarily changed them because if I change them, then each thing leads on to the next thing. Michael also runs his own podcast on floating and other things. It's called Pod Perspectives, and there'll be a link to that in the show notes. Michael, that's really fascinating. And of course, we'll put uh, contact details for Floating Point on the show notes, greatescapepodcast.com forward slash episode eight. And if people want to come and have a float, I know that you're offering a 10% discount on people's first float at Floating Point at the moment, if they go through the website. Yep, correct. Yep. If they, if they, quote, if they quote your show, uh, Great Escape, if they put that in the, the notes, then yeah, we'll We'll do the 10% off. We'll give them a discount. Lovely. We always like offering listeners a, a bonus. Mm. Michael, thank you so much. And we wish you and Tina well with the pregnancy. I hope she's doing okay so far. Doing fantastic. She's uh, having some rest. Pregnant floating is. Uh, she'll be floating in the next, in the next two weeks, actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's actually a, a random question to ask. Is floating safe all the way through pregnancy? Yes, I'd say not in the well, not in the first trimester. Same with most massage treatments or any uh, anything like that. But um, yeah, any we've had um, we've had ladies float up until maybe about a week before they were they were due. So yeah, okay, fair enough, no problem. Yeah, of course, all that floating and the baby must love it. Mm -hmm. 
Michael, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much. And uh, we will keep in touch. Yes, definitely, definitely. Michael and Tina have succeeded in building a life that supports their physical and mental health, that will support their family as it grows, as we anticipate the arrival of their baby. And they've done it with hard work and planning. It's not all been plain sailing, but they've built a proper, sustainable business. And it's really exciting and interesting to have watched this story from its beginnings when, as you heard, Michael, as Michael collared me in the car park, which was the only way he could think of to actually grab some time with me. And one of the quotes that he said early on in the interview, which will stay with me for a long time, if you don't know what to do with an opportunity, take it anyway and learn. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review, like and subscribe to the podcast and get in touch pretty much everything either at Stuart L. Morris or Stuart at greatescapepodcast.com. Drop me an email and let me know what you think of the podcast, what sort of subjects you'd like me to cover in the future. And if you know somebody who has a great story of escape, then do let me know. Talk to you soon.